to be a message that we hide in our heart. So let's hold up our Bible, make our confession, and, and let's get into it for today. Uh, this is, say it out loud, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession that I will meditate in it day and night, morning and evening, Monday through Friday. And because I do, my life is blessed. No more a mess. Now everything I touch, everything I touch will turn to success. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Um, I'm so humbled and honored after all of these 12 years to still be the senior pastor of this congregation. I thank you for your calling, your anointing on my life. I thank you for the revelation knowledge, the spirit of faith that you've given me to deposit in the hearts of those that have become a part and those that have visited. I believe the message you've given me today is extremely profound, something that I'm seeing with new light, new revelation, some of these things I've never seen before. And so we pray that my speech and preaching today will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be by demonstration of the spirit of power. We pray that your Holy Spirit on the inside of every believer will give witness to this word as it goes forth. We just sang that we will hide your word in our heart. Let this be a word that's hidden in each of us. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 16 in the King James Bible, it says, And it came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that the valiant men are. Not really familiar with this passage, what's going on in the children of Israel at this time. But by the unction of the Lord, I want to talk to you today about your assigned place. In this verse, we see the word assigned, Joab assigned Uriah unto a certain place. I believe with all of my heart that God has a certain place where he's assigned you to be. So I want to talk to you today about your assigned place. Uriah was assigned to a certain place and he was given a specific task. This is a foreshadow of the essence of the message. Not only do you have a certain place that you're assigned to, there's also a specific task that you're assigned to do. In the same way, just like Uriah was assigned to a certain place and given a specific task, you and I are also assigned by God to a certain place and a specific task. I've said this for years, but after writing this message, it just dawned on me that I say it this way. My assignment today is to show you from the Word of God the importance of knowing your assigned place. Each week I get an assignment from the Lord, a message from the Lord, and he tells me to do this, 
to speak this, to deposit that. And that's my assignment. I've said that for years. My assignment is to show you from the word something. My assignment is to show you from the word of God the importance of knowing your assigned place. In Judges, the 18th chapter in the New Living Translation, verse 1 says, Now in those days Israel had no king, and the tribe of Dan was trying to find a place where they could settle. For they had not yet moved into the land assigned to them when the land was divided among the tribes of Israel. So what I want you to notice out of this verse is that there was a certain tribe in Israel that were trying to find a place. Have you ever been there where you were trying to find a place to live? Trying to find a place to work. Maybe trying to find a person to marry. Come on. <laughs> well, the children of Israel, at least this tribe, can relate to what that feels like. I, I, I remember going to school, out of high school, went to Florida A.M. University. That's where I got my bachelor's degree in architecture. And uh, I was trying to find a place to worship. And I visited a lot of churches. It was there that I started visiting Church of God and Christ churches. Uh, I mean, I think I've been to all kinds of churches. I saw one church uh, in Tallahassee. It was an older building, kind of cathedral-like. It said Faith Presbyterian. Now, of course, my father is a pastor, been a pastor all my life. And uh, he, was a faith, he is a faith preacher. Uh, and so the church that we came from is, is a faith church. But then specifically in college, uh, you know, our family became a part of Word of Faith, which is a faith church. And so I saw Faith Presbyterian, man. And I'm learning to live and walk by faith. And I said, well, man, I'm going to go to that church. I had no idea what the denomination Presbyterian was. <laughs> man, I parked in the parking lot and I was walking up. I couldn't hear nothing. You know, usually in the parking lot, you can hear the choir. Oh, y'all help me now. You can hear, you know, you hear movements. I, closer I got, I said, man, are they, did I miss the time? I went church time about 11 o'clock. I said, well, maybe I missed the time. I get to the church step, see a couple of the young people, youth out on the porch. I said, okay, well, at least it's open. I opened the door. I still couldn't hear it. I mean, at least you're supposed to be able to hear the priest. Ah, you know, here's something. I'm not going to mess with y'all today. <laughs> man, I appeared, opened that door, sat up in the balcony. And then I understood when the pastor would say, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> they don't say nothing. <laughs> so I know what it's like trying to find a place. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you're online. Maybe you've been visiting with us for some time and you've been trying to discern where would God have you and your family become a part. There's only one church in the earth. There's only one body of Christ. There are not a whole bunch of churches. I mean, even right now, in these three corners, there's three different churches. No, it's not. If all three groups believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that God raised him from the dead, even though there may be differences of doctrinal believing, we're still one body. So when you become a part of faith family, you're not really joining a ch the church, capital C Church. You're already a part of the church when you get born again. And I believe this message will help make sense of all of this other part. So the tribe of Dan was trying to find a place where they could settle, for they had not yet moved into the land that was assigned. Somebody say assigned. This message is for all of us, but especially for those who may be new and are trying to find a place to worship for your family. It's also for those who are already members 
and maybe trying to find a place to serve. Bishop Butler, who's been my pastor for many years, and of course my dad has always been my pastor and is to this day. Bishop Butler's been saying recently, and it's caught my ear because in 28 years of being a part of Word of Faith and you know, having come up in that ministry, being given full time, you know, so a lot of recollection. I've never heard him say these things that he's saying recently. Bishop Butler has said and greatly believes that the biggest problem in the body of Christ is a lack of knowledge concerning assignment and a failure to carry out one's assignment. So in all these almost 30 years of listening to Bishop Butler, I've never heard him do a series on it. I've never even heard him preach an entire message on it. That doesn't mean that he has, at least. I, mean, I try to listen to him as much as I can, but I haven't heard him. It's just been a, like little things that he'll in, in, inject. But I, I, I begin to look at this, and this is big. Somebody say, this is big. This thing about assignment is actually really big. My question to you today is where do you belong? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, Paul is talking about the body of Christ. He's trying to teach and develop the church. He says, for as the human body is one and has many different parts. Y'all remember Lever 1000, the soap? I don't know if they still make it. But I remember the commercial was like, it's for all your 1001 body parts, right? Or 101, I don't know what it was, but I just kind of remember that soap commercial. Our physical human body is one, but we got different members. You know, my pinky finger is a member of this body, and I got many different parts. So Paul is using this physical illustration to help to, to convey a spiritual thought. He says, for as the body has, is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one body, and so also is Christ, or the body of Christ. In verse 18, he says, but now God has set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. There's two things in this verse that I want to make emphasis. The first thing is that God sets in the body. That word set you're going to find also could be interchanged with assigns, but we'll look at it. But what's most interesting about this verse is God sets people in churches or groups as it pleases him, not as it pleases them. God sets to confirm this further in verse 27 and 28. He says, now you, so he's not just talking in general, he's talking to you. He says, now you are the body of Christ and members. That means you are supposed to be set in a family as it pleases God, not as it pleases you. Oh, don't look at me like that. I'll roll my sleeve up. <laughs> Verse 28 says, to confirm it, it says, and God has appointed these in the church. It's talking about setting not just in the body, but in the church. As God has set in the church, as it pleases him. God has appointed, you could say also assigned, first apostles, secondary prophets, after that teachers. I'm a teacher, a pastor and a teacher. After that miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administration. Helps are ministries that we are displaying at the expo today. He sets people 
in churches for this purpose. A variety of tongues. And remember, it's all as it pleases him. Psalm 68 stanza 6 says, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. I like that because I like prosperity. (laughs) But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. So now notice the first part of that verse where it says God sets a certain group in a certain group. He sets the solitary in families. We happen to be one of the many uh, uh, parts of God's body. Faith family, our group, is a part of the overall body of Christ. And what God does is he'll set you in a faith family. Now, you, 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 you were born into your natural human family, but God will set you. Who am I preaching to today? Somebody say me. He'll set you in a church family where you belong. And it's as it pleases him. Psalm 92, stanza 12 and through 14 says this, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord um, shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Let me ask you, how many of you all are the righteous? Don't you then want to flourish like a palm tree? Well, in this passage, how you get to the place in your Christian walk where you flourish like a palm tree is you get yourself somewhere and let God set you or plant you in a house of of the Lord. It's where you'll be able to grow and reach your next level. Stanza 13 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. My question to you today is, are you planted in this house or are you planted in a plot that goes from house to house? For those of you that are online and listening, is faith family the place that God has appointed you to be? It's not something you choose. It's really something you discover. It's not something you decide. If we read this right, it's supposed to be God planting you in a place. In Matthew chapter 9, this is big. In verse 35 through 36, Jesus was going about in the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Why? What moved them? Was because they were sick? No, keep reading. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary. They fainted. And they were, they were all over the place. You ever meet somebody and they were just like all over the place? Yeah, come on. You ever meet somebody and you feel like, man, they are weary? They all over the place. They talking about this. They're going to do that. They all, oh, now we're going to do this. They just all over the place. And they, he, 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 what moved him with compassion was because the sheep, the people, the multitude, Those God's sheep were weak, faint, weary, all over the place like sheep that have no shepherd. Every sheep needs a shepherd. 
Now, we know that we did not make ourselves. We are God's people, the sheep of his pasture. That's what Psalms 100 says. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. He has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep. Somebody say the sheep of his pasture. You're not my sheep. You're his sheep. This is not my church. This is his church. But you are my faith family. And I am, I know it, assigned to you. But every sheep needs a shepherd. So if you're online and you're saved, you're born again, you are God's sheep. But the question is, who is your shepherd? Who is your pastor? Remember, the rebellious dwell in a dry land. But those that will, will allow God to set them in a family will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow and they will reach their next level. In Jeremiah, Pastor Egerton quoted it. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. God says, I'm going to give you a pastor that's according to my heart. Not according to what you want. I don't like the music at this church. Why we got to have a video song at the start? Why what, in the children's ministry? And oh, I mean the ushers. I just oh, I this. Come on, somebody. I'll be gentle about it. You know, there may be things that are not yet present that you may not like at a place that God may plant you. But God, this is not about what you pick. It's about where he plants. He says to you, I'll give you a pastor according to my heart, not according to you. So now, with this in mind, let's look at what the Bible has to say about your assigned place. In 1 Peter chapter, one verse one through th- chapter 5, verse 1 through 3 in the New Living, these are the things that are, all of that that I just preached, I've preached for years. What I'm about to preach, I've never saw, and I've never preached like this before. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. Paul's, uh, Peter's writing to the, the leaders of the church. He says, now a word to you who are elders or pastors in the churches. I too am also a, an elder, minister, one in spiritual authority, a witness of the sufferings of Christ. I, too, will share in his suffering or glory when he is revealed to the whole world a fellow, as a fellow elder, elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock. One translation says, feed the flock. He's talking one pastor to another. He says, feed the flock, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, not for your trip to Hawaii. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Don't do it for that. Now, if you get that, great. But don't do it for that. Don't do it grudgingly. Oh, man, I got to do this. I got to do that. No. But do it because you are eager to serve God. Sister Rita, that's my heart. That's why I do what I do. I'm eager to serve God. Now watch this. Look at verse 3. This is you. Don't lord it over the people assigned to 
your care. I've never seen that. But lead them by your own good example. See, this confirms that God sets people or assigns people to churches for a specific task. He tells the pastor, now do what you do. Don't lord it over them. But these are people that God has assigned to you. Watch over them and lead them by your own good example. Actually, I've been assigned to you. Like you said, you've been entrusted. God has, I'm not from Texas. I'm from Detroit. God sent me here to be your pastor. I believe that with all my heart. I have no other purpose to being in Texas. I was sent by God to be your pastor. I believe that with my heart. It's my life's calling. You are my assignment. I'll have to give an account to God someday. I'll literally stand before his throne and answer regarding you if you've received me as your pastor. You say, where do you get that from, pastor? Let me just give that to you real quick. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 17, God is writing to the church. He tells the church, obey them that have rule over you. Talking about pastors, those that are spiritual leaders. Be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So notice, if you go back, you'll notice that God says that they watch out for your souls. One of the greatest scriptures in the Bible that I've ever received is um, in, in the book of Genesis chapter no, Exodus chapter 18. Well, we won't go there. But in Exodus 18, I think it's around 18, but in, in, in for sure in chapter 18, Jethro was sent to Moses or went to Moses, his son-in-law, and was watching what he was doing. He's like, the thing, this is not good. Get somebody to help you with this stuff. You appoint them to that, and then you be for the people. Listen to this. Godward. Somebody say it out loud. Godward. He said, you be for the people. Godward. And let them bring the big cases unto you. I've heard forward. I've heard of backward. I've heard of sideward, upward, downward, inward, outward. But I never, prior to this years and years ago, I had never heard of the word, is there such a thing as being Godward? Absolutely. And that's what your pastor is supposed to be. He says, you bring their causes unto God. You pray for them. In 1 Samuel 12, 28, he said it this way. The prophet Samuel said, God forbid that I would cease in praying for you, for I will show you the good and the profitable way. He said, it would be a sin for me to stop praying for you, but I'm going to show you the good and the right way. My life's calling is in prayer to God for those that have received me as their pastor. I believe there's so many in the world today that don't, they're, they're born again, but they don't have a pastor. And that's so important. So if you don't have a pastor, then who's watching for your soul? In 2 Chronicles 35 and 2, he said, and he set the priests in their duties and encouraged them for the service of the house of the Lord. When I looked at this in the New Living Translation, it says Josiah also assigned the priests to their duties 
and encourage them. I'm, as it were, a priest. I'm not a priest. Well, I am a priest. I'm a royal priesthood in a holy nation, according to the New Testament. But I'm not in the, like the Catholic Church priest, right, or the Old Testament uh, Jewish priest. But what I wanted you to see is that this word set also means assigned. Amen? Where the New King James said he set the priest, in the New Living it says he assigned the priest. In 2 Chronicles, if you jump down to verse number 5 in the New Living, chapter 35, verse 5, it says, Then stand in the sanctuary at the place appointed for your family division and help the families assigned to you as they bring their offerings into the temple. So what's supposed to be happening here? God has assigned me to this northwest Harris County, Cyprus, Katy area of Houston, Texas to help the families that he has assigned to me. Come on, can you see it, church? The Lord said to me specifically during the pandemic that we have been, faith family, have been strategically placed by him in this area. In my heart, you know, we were at our height. We were ministering to almost a couple hundred people every week when we moved from the other building into this building. We were in here January. We made February. And then in March, the pandemic hit, and we were hitting numbers that we had never seen. And then all of a sudden, I'm standing in my living room in my house shoes preaching. Come on. <laughs> we went from 200 and something, 247 members down to 100 that we know are actively involved. And so you know, my heart was crying out to God, like, I believe we're supposed to reach thousands. What's going on? And his response to me was just very simple, that he has strategically placed us in this area to preach the word of faith. There are not a lot of churches like this. And if you're being drawn to and called to, if you are a part of, you need to know what we are and why we are here. We are to preach faith as well as another, a number of other very specific things. So where do you and your family belong? Where have you been assigned? Where have you been ass Who have you been assigned to? Who is your pastor? Look at this one. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13 in the NIV, it says, We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boastings to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us. A sphere that also includes you. This is beautiful. I've never hear, heard that kind of terminology. A sphere of service. Whew, that's three-dimensional, right? And he says this sphere, and I feel that for, for you all, um, especially for those that I know have been assigned to me. Um, I feel that the sphere of service is that which God has assigned. Is Faith Family Church the place where God has assigned you to? This could be one of the most important questions. Um, I used to tell people that were visiting, the number one decision that you can make in your life is accepting Jesus. How many of you all agree? I mean, real easy. That's, I agree that hands down. Second most important decision you would think that might be who you marry or might be where you work, or where you live, right? There's a number of that really, you know, could be a good number too. 
I believe with all my heart, I might be biased because I am a pastor. The second most important decision you make is where you attend church. And the reason why I say it's the second most is because every part of your life spiritually between you and God is impacted by where you go to church. Your marriage, the healthiness of your marriage, your parenting, every, your career, your finances, your health is tied to the word of God that you receive spoken. Amen? So it is a very critical matter, and I hope that I'm presenting this in an excellent way. God has assigned each of us to a certain place for a specific task. If there was any note that I would want you to take, it would be that. At least write it on your heart. God has assigned each of us to a certain place for a specific task. Now, I, don't, I personally don't believe that he assigns you for a season. And sometimes when people leave the church, they say, well, my season here is up. Well, I will always be a Scott. I can't change that. And then I didn't pick my parents. God placed me in them, and I will forever belong to that family. That's why we say if you ever become a part of faith family, no matter where you are on the planet, you are family for life. <laughs> right? Because we don't, you, 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 um, I'm not a season in your life. I'm a person. And I'm your family. So just like, you know, in any sense. I know people have different beliefs about that. So be it. He sets us in a church as it pleases him. He assigns us in a church or to a church as it pleases him. For those of you that believe that this is the right place, let's talk about your specific task. In Mark chapter 13, verse 34, and again, these are scriptures as it relates to being assigned. Listen to this. Jesus is talking in Mark chapter 13 about the end of days when Jesus is coming back for a second return, like before the rapture. And we also know when Jesus would talk, he would say sometimes, the kingdom of heaven is as if a man has gone to a far place and he left his servants some responsibility. We pick up in verse 34. He says, it's like a man going away. He leaves his house, his family, puts his servants in charge, assigns them, each with their assigned task and tells the one at the door to keep watch, which is a word that we've just recently used. What is this saying? The closer we get to the return of the Lord, this is what needs to be happening. We need to be in the house, the family, where we are assigned doing the specific task. This guy had an assign. Each and every one of us in this assembly has a specific task that the Lord wants you to do. It's really time out for us to come to church and leave and do nothing. Um, I have no complaint. Um, we made some adjustments uh, so that we could be in a better position financially as we get towards having our own facility. Um, and so, you know, on Saturdays, we set up all of these beautiful furnishings and we break them down after church on Sunday. And so I'm here, my wife's here, Pastor Carol's here, Pastor Tony's here, because we're the four employees of Houston Faith Family Church Incorporated. Uh, and we're doing, we've got volunteer help, you know, Brother Terrence and Frederica were here, and Brother Malcolm's setting up the drums, and um, 
Sister Siobhan was here, and uh, uh, Marie Kane and Jacqueline, they came and set up. Uh, Sister Lawanda, her son, her grandson came, Sherrod, he came and set up. And, uh, you know, we were, I, I, last night I was on my knees taping down the wires, setting up the speakers and the lights, and they were doing chairs and so forth. I don't mind that. Don't mind it at all. I'll keep doing it. But all I'm sharing with you and appealing to you is that there's something, like I said earlier during the offering, God needs help. Um, we are this close to, to running out of space in this facility. You watch it over the next week, especially when this, whatever's going on with the pandemic and the people in the world. Uh, the, online, there's scores of people that are watching that are connected. So I just present it to you. Let, let me get ready so we can go. Hey Amen. Y'all so quiet today. John chapter 9 and verse 4 in the New Living. This is Jesus. When, when, when they asked him when he was in the midst of ministry, he said, we he included himself, must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. The end of the world is near. The day is at hand, and I challenge you to take from this message, not only is there an assigned place for me to be, I need to be doing something. We got to carry out the tasks that have been assigned to us by the one who sent us. God has a specific assignment for you to do in his kingdom. There are certain tasks that God has assigned you to carry out in your lifetime. And those tasks are primarily carried out in the church, not outside the church. In Acts chapter 20, listen to Paul, him talking about in verse 24. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. If you choose to be a part of our live production team, you will be doing work that allows the gospel to be preached to the world where we're telling others about Jesus Christ. If you set up a chair, if you work in the nursery, if you serve in the momentum team or hospitality, you are helping the gospel be preached. And what did Paul say about it? He said, my life would be nothing to me. It would mean nothing to me unless I was able to use it to finishing the work that was assigned to me. I pray that Paul's spirit be deposited in your heart, that you become uh, passionate about your assignment, your work for God in his kingdom. What work in his church has the Lord assigned to you? Whatever it is, be careful to obey it. Saul said something. We know that Saul was disobedient, but he said something that I want you to catch. He said in 1 Samuel 15, 20 in the NIV, he said, but I did obey the Lord. He didn't obey the Lord, but I want you to notice the importance of obedience as it relates to assignment. I obeyed the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned to me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and, and, and I brought back Agag, their king. Well, we know that wasn't true, but go back and notice that he felt or he knew that the Lord sent him on a mission. There was a specific assignment. And he thought or 
lied about being obedient. What am I saying? Be, what, find out what it is and be careful to obey it. Just a couple other scriptures. In 2 Chronicles chapter 38, verse 8 in the NIV, these are the scriptures I've never seen. Um, the word assigned, and just hadn't had the teaching on it, but I'm giving it to you. I will not again make the feet of the Israelites leave the land I assigned to your ancestors if only they be careful to do everything I command. That's also being faithful. Can he trust you to do it exactly as he said? Then concerning the laws, the decrees, and the regulations given them through Moses, notice the people were assigned, and from God's heart, he would that they be careful to obey and do everything he commanded. In Acts 22 and 10 in the NIV, he says, what shall I do, Lord? I ask. He said, get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have, y'all help me now, been assigned to do. Even Paul, when he first got born again, the first thing was like, oh Lord, what do I do? He said, all right, get up and go into a certain place and somebody's going to minister to you and you are going to be given exactly what I want you to do. The Lord has assigned each of us a specific task. You've been assigned to do something. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 5, it's all over the Bible. In the NIV, it says, what? After all is Apollos. And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe? As the Lord has assigned to each. Uh-oh, we didn't get that one. His task. So now notice, not only is Paul and Apollos and Pastor Stan and Dr. Scott and Bishop Butler and Brother Keith, they're ministers that were assigned to you. But the truth and the reality at the last part of that verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 in the NIV is that the Lord has assigned to everybody his task. God has assigned each of us to a certain place and for a specific task. My question is, where do you belong? Did you all get anything out of that today? Amen. Glory to God. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, what, what is the Spirit of God speaking to you? Now, it, 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 if through this message, what you got out of it is that you're in the wrong place, no worries. This message was for you. Um, so, it's important for you to, you know, discover, you know, where is it God wants you to be? Or maybe you're here today and this message affirmed and confirmed that this is the right place. Maybe currently we don't have all the stuff we really need in order to do church successfully. <laughs> My wife right now is running live production. She's got five computer screens in front of her. Um, hands full. I literally do the live welcome and all that other talking uh, just because we need help. Maybe you're here today and there's a word of confirmation that, that God has assigned me to you to be your pastor and this is the place where God 
wants to use you to help. I want to pray before I pray for those that aren't saved. Father, we thank you for every person under the sound of my voice, online, in the house. Confirm your word. Bear witness with their heart that they're in the right place. And then as we go throughout the building, lead us to which table to stop by. Show us the interest in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you're in agreement with that prayer, say amen. Just a couple. Amen. 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 If you're here today and you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus, or if you're online and you want to make Jesus your Savior, I want you to pray this out loud, meaning from your heart, God will save you. Say it. I want the congregation to pray it out loud. We don't want to bring an embarrassment to anyone. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God, that He died for me bearing my sins for me. They put him in a grave, but I believe he is alive. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent of all my sins, and I accept your offer of forgiveness. Therefore, Father, I'm born again. Thank you for saving me and making me your own. Help me to see where you want me to be what you want me to do. I also ask you for the Holy Spirit. Baptize me as I see in your word. I receive him by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Before I speak a blessing over you, don't forget this Wednesday night, I will not be preaching, but we will send you a link around six o'clock. If you can catch praise and worship, I would imagine they will give him the full amount of time to preach. Brother Keith will be preaching this Wednesday night. Please, if, you know, as one in spiritual authority, I advise it. And as your pastor, I'm instructing you, don't miss this Wednesday night online. Um, if you're working or doing something, you can always go back later, but please watch it. Um, it's the Spirit of God speaking. Um, you know, there are apostles, there are prophets, there are other ministry gifts that need to speak into your life. This is one that I trust, so I encourage you to do that in the name of Jesus. Uh, I love you all tremendously. I'm looking forward to what our future holds. I am encouraged. I'm not discouraged. I'm not moved by what I see or how I feel. I am on fire concerning our future. Glory to God. Good things are about to happen, and I'm glad you're in on the front end. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand up on your feet. Amen. Don't forget we got service next Sunday, 10.30 a.m. We do set up on Saturdays, but you can sign up if you want. There's a setup team table uh, that you can sign uh, the, uh, that's on my left here. Look for the sign as you go. Uh, don't forget your children. Uh, I did check my child in, my children in, and uh, be sure to pick them up. Hold up one hand before the Lord. <clears throat> Father, I bless your people. As you've instructed in your word, you've assigned me to speak good into their life. Let no weapon formed against them prosper. Protect them on every side. Be a fence around them every day. Surround them with a shield of your favor. Prosper them financially. Cause healing to manifest in their bodies physically. I bless them and I say be increased 
in Jesus' name. If you receive that, say amen. Amen.